You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Welcome to Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here with Chris Harper. Chris, any foods you like now as an adult that you didn't like growing up? Oh, absolutely, man. I love um, calamari. Okay. Yeah, and if I would have never ate that like growing up. So how, One, I don't yeah. think it was ever offered in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> So I don't know. If it's it was a little landlocked, so maybe yeah, I don't maybe know that's part of it. Fresh caught Kentucky squid. <laughs> you should be very skeptical of don't that. Don't buy that. If you're buying that, we have oceanfront property. That's right. And, and <laughs> uh, okay, so calamari. That was one. Uh, can you think of any others? Calamari, um, Nutella. Yes. I just recently got on the Nutella train. I but thought do you, it was, don't you think as a kid you would have loved it, though? Was that more of just an awareness, or was that really like developing the yeah. taste for it? Yeah, it's probably more of an awareness. Yeah. By the way, Lunchables. Oh, uh, Or no, no, Uncrustables. <laughs> Uncrustables. Same. It, it's so all good. the ubbles. <laughs> so good. Uncrustables. Uh, we went, because I've heard a secret that those are great when you go play golf because you just throw them in frozen into the golf bag and by like whole three or four or five, they're thawed out and they're great to eat. So we were going to go play some golf. I went to the store to get a package of Uncrustables and I saw they're made with Nutella now. So again, Uncrustables, if you want to sponsor this podcast, hit us up. Oh my but that's gosh. a free advertisement that's for y'all because that sounds fantastic to have Nutella yeah. yes. Uncrustables. But Amazing. So think about the calamari. Uh like how did you how did you develop the appetite for it? Did it yeah. just did you just wake up one day and go I'm going to start liking squid? Yeah, I think um, I think I actually tried it. Yeah, for the first time. <laughs> just try, which sounds disgusting. It looks disgusting. It is an ugly animal. Absolutely. But you dredge it and all that wonderful seasoning and yeah. with some mar- marinara sauce to oh, dip it in. Phenomenal. And and like every movie I ever grew up watching that had a squid in it, the squid was trying to kill you. Kill you. It was a <laughs> giant right. killer squid. It was like not a not a deep fried golden delicious squid. <laughs> So that is our roundabout way of talking about how we can cultivate appetites and desires. So I would say any and all vegetables for me growing up. I mean, I would like have a gag reflex if I put anything green, try to eat anything green. Broccoli was like, you know, this massive dry heaving and all that kind of stuff. But just slowly but surely just keep Mm. trying little things. And I, I mean, I will say my appetite and my desires for vegetables have changed from where I was to where I am today uh, with all of that. And, and I think, uh, you know, what we teased on the last episode is we're talking about battling sin and fighting sin. And and you talked about, we need to cultivate these godly desires. Uh, The thought of cultivating a godly desire may be like trying to tell a seven-year-old that, that vegetables are good or telling seven-year-old Chris that you're going to eat squid one day. Right. It may sound like there's no way I can do that, but, but these appetites can change. We, we, we see that in other aspects of our life and in our spiritual life, mm, the same so thing good. is true. So yeah. uh, let's talk about that. How can we cultivate these godly desires that will help us in our battle against sin? Absolutely, man. And I think, I think we need to recognize when we become new creations in Christ, uh, the Bible is clear, we get a new appetite. That's right. Like we get new desires and new wills. We we start to hunger, or at least we should start to hunger and thirst for the things that please God. But to say that like you get that in the fullest sense is just silly. Mm-hmm. Like you have to cultivate that. That's right. Um, 
someone telling you, hey, this is good for you, and then you coming to the full knowledge of understanding that it's good for you is two different things. That's right. Like, yes. like, like you grow in that. So so a part of our Christian journey is growing in our knowledge and understanding and practice of mm. what's good for us. That's so good. if we want to if we want to really fight <clears throat> temptation and win against temptation, which ultimately helps us avoid sin, which keeps us from spiritual death, you know, mm-hmm. walking out of fellowship with God, the easiest way to do that is to is to cultivate and practice godly desires. That's right. Good desires. And and I think we do that in in like three super practical ways. And the old Baptist in me is is super proud today because we're going to do some alliteration Let's here, do right? It. The Are three, we using the letter P? We're using the. It's four if you if you actually put it in practice. Okay, this is really good. <laughs> this is really good. Yeah. Um. So so three P's in in what I what I call in cultivating godly desires. The first thing is prayer. Hmm. Like if you want to cultivate godly desires, you have to be a man of prayer. I love what J.C. Ryle said. He said, "Praying and sinning will never live together in the same heart." Okay. One of two things will happen. Prayer will either consume sin or sin will choke out prayer. That's right. Period. Yep. Right? So so like the fight against temptation and the fight against sin, I really believe it it, it begins on your knees. Mm. And and I read something recently by um, Life Church guy, Craig Rochelle. Yeah. This was so good, man. I thought this was so inf- insightful. He, he, he talked about the Old Testament, and he talked about Daniel standing strong and trusting God when he was thrown into the into the lion's den, right? Um, Craig said, to me, it's interesting to think about why Daniel was so confident in God. When did he learn to trust God? The answer is um, he didn't learn to trust God in the lion's den. Daniel learned to trust God in the prayer closet, mm. right? His faith wasn't built in battle. His faith was built when he was on his knees. Yeah, I mean, three times a day, Daniel was constantly seeking after the heart of God. Day after day, week after week, month after month, he, he sought God. So, so Craig said this, why is it that we often lack faith? Why are we inconsistent in our relationship with God? It's because Daniel prayed consistently, and we pray occasionally. Yeah, it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. Yeah. So if we want to consistently win against temptation, if we want to consistently beat back sin, first and foremost, we have to become men of prayer. That's great. And and you know, the daily discipline of just waking up and praying can feel like uh, like this isn't moving the needle. That's right. Right. And so some of us, we just need that reminder to go, no, this is, um, uh, let's take Kobe Bryant that would go into the gym at 530 in the morning and not leave till he made 800 shots. Yeah. You know, that, like, that's who I'm becoming in, right. in a sense from a spiritual perspective. This is practice and practice yeah. is good. And I don't know when I'm going to need it, you know, so to speak, but, but this is, this is a good discipline. Mm-hmm. This is building a strength in me yeah. and not, not to the point where I don't need the Lord to guide me and help me to That's avoid right. this, but there's just something right uh, about doing that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I like that. I like, yeah, I, like I would what love to there. become the Kobe Bryant of the spiritual life. Yeah. I mean, for real. Yeah. You know, that's, that's. Man, that's that's so good. Like like we want to be consistent and and don't think that it's ever too late, right? So if you're caught in temptation, like that's the moment you should pray. Like it's not too late to pray. That's right. But it's it's when you're being tempted, it's a quick lowering your head, Lord, I'm being tempted right now. 
provide a way out. That's right. Like, give me a way yeah, out because this is it. too much for yeah. me. Like, I'm weak. Yep. Give me a way out, right? And the Bible says he's good to do that. Like, yeah. he's good to provide it. Now, we still have to act on it and take That's right. it. Yeah. But, like, it's in that moment of temptation that we should be praying. Yep. Right? And then even in those the, – the daily discipline and, and the, the days turning into weeks, turning into months, turning into years to decades, it – that that's also where these new appetites can start to arise in us mm. because we are doing things differently than we were before, and so that's now, uh, let's use the food analogy. Go back to that. So if we're cha- if our appetite towards food is changing, you go back to an old food, and it's like ah, this doesn't even taste that good nah, anymore. You don't want it. It doesn't provide that that high, so to speak, that it used to. That's right. And so that's again that's evidence that all right, my heart's starting to change I a little bit. That. Which that's is good. A great. Great point, Adam. Okay, so prayer, uh, yeah. that's that's the first word. The second one would be? People. People. Yeah, so if you want to grow in holiness, uh, and if you want to beat back temptation and sin, surround yourself with holy people who, who constantly win against temptation and yeah. sin. And anybody that is wondering, like, ah, that's foolishness, just go back to middle school and high school. And just ask yourself, was that a good group of people or was that not a good group of people? <laughs> right? Exactly Am I right. proud of my middle school and high school years? Or are there some things in there where I'm like, eh, that was not my best days, yeah, right? And yeah. it, uh, we talk about it all the time. And I, I almost get insecure <laughs> quoting it, Proverbs thirteen twenty: the person who walks with the wise grows Sorry. wise. The companion of fools suffers harm. 100%. And if we're surrounding ourselves with fools and we're suffering harm, connect the dots <laughs> bro some of you are listening out there and you're still running around with your middle school friends yes <laughs> that you shouldn't be running around no. with like and we're not saying don't be there's nuance and there's detail to, to some of that so it's not we're not trying to throw a blanket statement and be like well these guys on a podcast told me i can't be friends with you anymore that's not what we're saying <laughs> but but we might be for a little while right that you need to you need to uh, expand that network and that's get it. some different groups of friends because man, we are influenced by the people we're hanging out with. It's just true. Environment is in a lot of ways. Environment is everything. Yeah, yeah. And if if you're like if you're a new Christian or if you're so weak in the faith that you're not a strong influence, that when you go into situations you shouldn't be in and you find yourself being influenced, then absolutely, man, you need to cut that off. That's right. You need to cut those people and those places out of your life until you can build up enough witness, maturity, and confidence in Christ that you can walk in the room. And when bad things start to happen, like you affect change the you other way. Go, I see that big door right there and yeah. I'm out. Or, right. you have, yeah, or, or, or you I'm just changing leave. the That's thermostat right. yeah. and we're, something's changing around here. That's it. I mean, Nathan Wagnon, uh, I golly, he has shared and done so much to help me um, over the years, but he said something. I mean, this was maybe 15 years ago, just talked about in any relationship, uh, it, it's never static. Yeah, Somebody's always moving towards the other person. And yeah. so, meaning, uh, and what he was talking about was influence. Either I'm influencing you or you're influencing me, but there's yeah. never a neutral. And that was that was so insightful just to go, all of these relationships 100%. matter. They all matter. They and they really matter. have a big impact on my life. So, yeah. And there's two guys. There's two guys at Better Man, um, David Chase and then Delario Bolton. And uh, they, they serve with me at Better Man. And it's interesting. When I travel, I typically bring either David or D with me. Mm-hmm. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's because we, we, we typically have stuff we need to do, and it takes two of us to do it. Yeah. But even more so, like, it's amazing when I'm with them, like, I'm less tempted to sin. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how their walk, their level of holiness, their level of maturity, 
like rubs off on me. Yep. I've got a buddy who who is a pastor in Kansas City, and um, the dude can bench press a Buick. <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, he can bench press a Buick. The dude's massive. And I said, bro, like, what did you do to like get there? He said, man, I just found two human gorillas in my church, yeah. and I started training with them. That's it. And before I knew it, I became a human gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and, and, and then he said, Chris, it's the same way with holiness. Totally. Like, I grow in holiness by surrounding myself with people who are holier than me. That's great. I love it. Uh, we, we need to come back and do an entire episode or a series of them on that, because I think that's yeah. such a, a big part. Uh, of our life, but let's keep moving. So there's a, there's a third word, and that one would yeah, be that'd be places. Yeah, and this is probably um, the simplest of the three, right? And it's it's simply like avoid the places they're going to cause you to sin. That's right. Avoid the places where there's the most temptation for you. Um, and again, if that's if that's a pub, um, if that's the movies, if that's anything that that is going to cause you to sin that could lead to death. Again, I don't think we I don't think we speak this succinctly and concisely in church today, but like Jesus really meant it that that it's better to pluck out an eye mm-hmm. and go and go to heaven like with one eye than it is to not go. Yeah. Like if it causes you to sin, man, cut it off. Yeah. Um you there 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 are no pet sins, right? There there, there, there's nothing that you can play around with. The end result of sin is death That's right. every time. Yep. And and there may be things in your life. As a matter of fact, there are things in your life, I guarantee it, that right now you need to remove that thing from your life, uh, a person, a place, a thing, because every time you get near it, it leads to some sort of spiritual death. That's right. And and I, I can understand like the, uh, so you're telling me that I, I can't, Go and just fill in the blank, right? I can't go to the movies. I can't go to Vegas. I can't go to the bar. I can't go to the racetrack. Whatever it is, just yeah. I can't go over to her house. You're telling me that? And it's like whatever we would want to come up with as an argument, it's like I I think we're going to be shocked when we meet people in heaven that never did that thing that we think right. everybody did, right? right? Like it's shocking. There's going to be some. There's somebody in heaven that never went to the movies, That's it. right? And, and they're just fine. Their life is just fine, and they're loving it right up there <laughs> with Jesus, good life. drinking that great coffee that hasn't been <laughs> stained it, by sin yet. But anyway, so I, I like that. That 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 is the simplest and easiest way to think about this. This restricting access. Yeah. Sometimes we've got to starve something for That's a little it. bit just to kind of help change some That's of those it. desires. And, and and I love how you put it, Adam. Like, we're not telling you you can't go to the movies. But we might be. Yeah. We're not telling you uh, you can't go to the bar and have a few drinks, but we might be, yeah. especially for the guy that can't go and have two drinks. That's right. Um, it's impossible for you to go and have two drinks, and you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like no one knows you better than you. That's right. Right? So, so no, we're not saying that, but we might be saying that. That's right. And, and it's not, you know, <clears throat> Joseph, the Bible says, so, so. I don't know what Potiphar's wife looked like, but knowing Potiphar's status in the community, knowing his wealth, my guess is she was smoking hot. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just gonna go out on a limb. <laughs> Probably. And I'm yeah. gonna say she was she was she was an eight or higher. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um like the Bible says Joseph recognized that and literally tried to avoid any room that she was in. Yeah. Like, go back and read that story. Yeah. It wasn't that he was just not, like, um, uh, you know, giving in to her seduction. Yeah. 
at one point it said like if she was going to be there he wasn't going to be there yeah right and the only way he got caught up was because she tricked him mm-hmm. right and he walked in on on a place that she shouldn't have been in right right so so if it's good enough for joseph like it's good enough for me. That's right. Like, and and the defeatists like to to because there's so much of this the 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 uh, the way we think about it and the the narrative we tell ourselves with that. Because so let, let's just stick with movies, right? If that's if that's the thing, uh, it's not. I can't go to the movies. Yeah. Right. Because that's a really defeatist. Like, just tell me I can't do something, and now that's mm. all I'm gonna think about is why can't I go to the movies? Why can't I go to the movies? And I do like um, some of what James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits, on trying to change that narrative Mm. when we're trying to make some positive changes. So it's not, I can't fill in the blank. It's, um, oh, I don't. Mm. Or um, that's, that's not right. who I am. Like I, I, yeah, I don't watch movies. I, I, I just I watch whatever you know. Or, or um, I'm a reader, or something like that. Or it's um, uh, he. He would talk a lot about um, like with uh, with habits with eating. Like oh, I'm an athlete. That, that's what I am. And so right. I choose not to eat that or drink that because I'm an athlete and I'm a runner. That, that's who I am. That's a more positive. Uh, way than just going, I can't. Because uh, it's like, you know how we are, man. When you tell us we can't do something, that's all we're going to want to do. That's right. And so this is where, back to those friends, to help us just go, no, listen, it's not that you can't. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're you're a grown person. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you're choosing not to. That you, you, have, you have the autonomy. You're making the decision there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, man. And it's unique for each of us, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not. Yeah. Right. Um, like there aren't new temptations and new lust being manufactured right. and manifested today. Yeah. Like the same thing that, that was bringing down the men of Rome and the men of Greece and, and even first century people trying to follow Christ. It looks different today. You know, it may taste and feel different, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, one of my biggest challenges, and this is, this is, uh, this is real. So, um, I get to travel and speak a lot, okay? I love the microphone, like, and I love the stage. I love um, being viewed as smart. Mm. Um, I love being viewed as godly, right? Um, You know, I like titles, Mm. right? So, like, um, you know, I wrestled when I got my doctorate. Like, do I have people call me Dr. Harper? Because, like, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. <laughs> right? So, so like, like I've wrestled with this. Like, serious conviction. Um, so one of the things I do is uh, – and and you you listeners that have seen me in an event or heard me speak, you'll, you'll testify to this. Like, when I get done speaking – like I don't walk to the back of the room and wait for people to walk out and tell me how great I did. Yeah. Like I literally disappear behind stage, mm. uh, just because I can't. Adam, I can't take it. Yeah. Because I want so bad to stand in the back of the room and you come tell me how great of a preacher I am. Yeah. How great of a communicator I am. Yeah. Right. Um, I love what what Calvin called it. Or maybe it was Luther. They called it the glorification of the worm. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that from Howard Hendricks, so I like yeah. that uh, that it goes even back farther than him yeah, yeah, uh, with right. all that. But yeah. yeah, that that is the standing in the back. But but listen, even though we can laugh at that and go, yeah, I'm just a worm, but I'm, I'm a pretty good worm, right? That's like, I, it, I still want to hear it, bro. It, yeah. it, it's so true. So like like one of my big big temptations is like, um, man, when you get done speaking, like the place I can't be is out front. Mm. 
So so I just I avoid that place. Mm. So I literally go back into the back. I go into the green room. I go somewhere and sit down. And and what's been cool is over the last like five or six years as I've as I've um, traveled and I speak even more. Like the Lord is cultivating me a humility where I can start to receive those yeah. things. Yep. And um, uh, one of the things I say now that helps me is um, I don't let the hype go to my head and I don't let the hate go to my heart. That's good. That yeah. that's what's interesting that you say that because um I was like well maybe you're a much better preacher than me because when in those few times I've done that it feels like the haters would come out and they'd be like <laughs> I got what's wrong too. with yeah. your and I was just having this conversation the other day I was like sometimes it's the people that come up it's the ones that are like they have they have something to say oh absolutely yeah. like listen I listen to you for forty minutes let me tell you what I think now. oh bro it happens <laughs> happens all the time and then put on top of that like. I, I serve and help lead like a a ministry uh, revolving around men yeah. and manhood and masculinity. So there are like tons of haters, tons of out questions there, and tons haters. Of yeah. haters. Yeah. So so one of the things I say, man, I don't I don't let the hype go to my head. I don't let the hate go to my heart. That's right. I give all glory to God. Amen. Yeah. yeah, and then you and I both have to remember that it's those those faces that we that stare at us when we walk back in the door. That's the hype we're chasing. That's it. right. Because what they that that's the, they see us day in and day out, yeah. and so that's uh, those are the words that matter a little yeah. bit more. I've got a I've I've got a good friend that's a he's a country music artist. I won't I won't say who he is, but he's a he's a phenomenal country music artist. Okay, and I asked him one time. I'm like, bro, what's the greatest high? What's the greatest rush? And he said, oh, hands down is um, hearing someone sing your song back mm. to you. Like and I can only imagine yeah. that rush, right? And and it's no different for a preacher. Like like the greatest rush for me is like for someone to quote me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> he quoted me. Right. Can and, you and, imagine and, if we got to preach the same sermon over and over and again though? And you could just be like start a story and then just stop and the whole crowd just start to repeat so it word for word. That would be amazing. It'd be so efficient. Be be so so good, less man. nervous. And, and and the reality is, right, like I've never had an original idea. Like, no. like I'm yeah. just taken from from like the history of men way smarter than me. That's right. But it's so it's so interesting how temptation and sin and, yes. and it gets to us, man. It is. So I like yeah. this. So we're gonna pray uh, that daily discipline to yeah. do that that changes our heart. It helps change our attitude and our appetites. The people, man, we are influenced by those we are surrounded yeah. by. Uh, so sometimes we may need to change. As my buddy JP and your our friend JP's change your playmates. And then sometimes you got to change your playground, that's and that's it. the places, right? And see, he was a good Baptist there too, with a couple that's of right. P's. Uh, and then over all of this, it's it's this is not just be a smarter sinner driving around going, oh, I'm going to do. It. It's practice this. Do that. That's like, right. Do that. Do the daily work. Start having these conversations. Start thinking about who you're around. Start mm. practicing this stuff. Let's go. And listen, the appetite. You didn't start uh, ordering calamari overnight. No, you got to start. It probably started with like a couple nibbles, yeah, and like yeah, I, I could maybe do that, you know. And That's then right. it, it led to two or three p, and then before you know it, now, now it's like I'm getting that when it's on, yeah. But it took some time. It took time, and now what? Like now, my palate is so advanced, Adam. Oh, you can taste like, the fresh from the frozen. I now, know can't the you? good and the bad yes, calamari. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't bring me that bad calamari. No. Like I want the good stuff. <laughs> yes, that is so good. I like that. Well, Chris, this has been three helpful episodes. Again, just this idea of battling sin, fighting, uh, waging this war. So we want to have this desire for home. 
We want to understand that Satan tries to change our desires, tempt us, sin, and it leads to death. And then these four uh, ways to cultivate those godly desires. I love that. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on these three episodes here? No, yeah, man. Just just keep fighting the good mm-hmm. fight. Like like if you're out there and you're listening right now, and and maybe you're wrestling with sin, maybe you're about to go into a battle with sin, or maybe you're sitting on the back end of a loss with sin. My encouragement to you, man, is just keep fighting the good fight. Jesus has got you covered at every Mm. point. He's got you. I love it. All right, brother, it's always great to be with you. Yeah, see you next time. Hey there, we've got a free resource we want to give you before we go. We know that between work, family, and life, it can be really difficult to find and practice a good model for biblical masculinity. That's why we record these podcasts for you every week, and that's also why we put together this free resource called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication. You do not have to try to be a better man on your own. We are here to help you. So go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and download Five Ways to Be a Better Man right now. That's betterman.com.